With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this is interesting. I, I'm doing something different because we've got Irma headed our way. And I don't want anybody to be left hanging. I don't know what the schedule, what the situation is going to be in. There's plenty of news out there, and I may just start doing this. Um, you know, with the corporate overlords with the radio show, keep if they delve too far into this, I may just stop doing the, the show as a podcast and may provide extra commentary for you guys without all the stops and everything. If you listen to live to the show, you know how much we stop for traffic and whatnot. So just give you some free range commentary on stuff. But I wanted to do that now because uh, with Irma coming, the power situation in flux, I don't have a generator at the house. We've got some battery backups. I'm going to have to be on. On radio uh, on Monday. I'm recording this late Sunday night, um, and I don't know whether or not I'll be doing weather forecasting the full time or what. The situation is going to deteriorate here uh, in Georgia in the next few hours. Your prayers are appreciated. Um, and as always, remember, uh, if you will um, review the podcast in either the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store, it helps tremendously. It does. Uh, now, let's get into the news. Uh, Steve Bannon uh, has declared war on the GOP. Charlie Rose had him on 60 Minutes. Uh, he says they're going to be held accountable. The Politico is reporting that Steve Bannon has met with uh, the Mercer family up in New York, the billionaire who's going to bankroll uh, running campaigns against Republicans. And, of course, the Republican establishment is freaking out. Now, listen, I'm not a huge Bannon fan, but I don't have a problem with this. Y'all, the one person who spent more money against Republicans, it seems like, in primaries is Mitch McConnell. I mean, look how much money Mitch McConnell poured into Alabama to try to get Luther Strange elected. They were scared to death of Mo Brooks. They thought they had an easy fight against Roy Moore. So they poured in money to savage Mo Brooks. And now they want to go after Mo Brooks in a primary for his congressional race. I mean, this doesn't hold up. I mean, the, the complaining, you've got the establishment now subtly threatening to impeach the president of the United States. They are. You've got McConnell, former McConnell aides who are close to him, who are his stenographers and yes men in the media suggesting the Republicans could turn a blind eye to impeachment. 
if if Steve Bannon goes down this road, this, this is exactly why Steve Bannon needs to do this. Y'all, Mitch McConnell uses the National Republican Senatorial Committee as nothing but a front for the re-election of bad people. Remember, it's not just that he uses it as an incumbent protection machine. He used the NRSC to back Charlie Crist against Marco Rubio. He used it to back uh, Trey Grayson against Rand Paul. He used it to back David Dewhurst against Ted Cruz. And remember when Arlen Specter decided to become a Democrat after Pat Toomey jumped into the race, he told the NRSC not to help Pat Toomey. Time and time again. Oh, and, and let's not forget, he he poured money into helping Carly Fiorina in California uh, at the expense of Ken Buck in Colorado uh, back in 2010. On and on and on and on. So for McConnell allies to be complaining about McConnell spending money or, or Steve Bannon spending money against Republican incumbents is absolute nonsense. Republican incumbents need to be beat. And the proof is in the Obamacare repeal vote where they failed to repeal Obamacare and they failed to repeal based on the broken promises of Republican incumbents who had promised to repeal Obamacare. But when push came to shove, they would not do it. They could not do it. They didn't want to do it. And that was, that was proof, proof in the pudding. So I, I, again, I'm not a huge Bannon fan, but I don't have a problem doing this. I really don't. Um, I, I think it is worth him and Mercer and others. But here's the catch. There have got to be good candidates. There really do. There have to be good candidates. And that is my hesitancy now because I am, I mean, put me at the front of the line for beating Republican incumbents. I, I, there's no love loss between me and the establishment. No fan of theirs. They're no fan of mine. But I see time and time again the grassroots and they go out and they find terrible candidates. There seems to be a lack of discernment in the grassroots. They find rabble rousers and bomb throwers, but not people who can sustain a campaign. Um, That at some point you do have to put the bomb down lest you blow yourself up. And it seems the grassroots have a really hard time finding good candidates who don't blow themselves up. The Senate Conservatives Fund and the Club for Growth are two of the very few who have a very good track record of actually finding good candidates to challenge incumbents. And as long as groups like that take the lead, I, I feel reassured we can sleep well at night. But Groups like that are going to have to take the lead. Now, I want to shift gears to a uh, cultural topic. Because, you know, I mentioned the other day the story from The Spectator uh, in Australia. That for those of you who weren't weren't there, you, you haven't heard, the Australian Supreme Court had the guts to do what our Supreme Court did not. The Australian Supreme Court ruled that it has no power to impose gay marriage on the country. That because it is a change in the morals of the country, the voters themselves through democratic processes would have to do it. So there's going to be a voter referendum on gay marriage in Australia. And the spectator in Australia has done a survey of what has happened in the UK since the enactment of gay marriage in the UK. And it really is horrifying. It is totalitarianism on the march. For example, in the United Kingdom now, it is prohibited for Christians, and I'm not making this up, it is prohibited for Christians 
practicing Jews, Muslims, Christians, and Sikhs. Practicing Jews, Muslims, Christians, and Sikhs who want to stay true to their religious teachings to adopt children. If you want to stay true to your religious teachings, you are not allowed to adopt children in Great Britain anymore. This month, Britain's high court ruled that a Pentecostal couple were ineligible parents. While the court recognized their successful and loving record of adoption, they decreed that above all else, the equality provisions concerning sexual orientation should take precedence in the United Kingdom. This is happening in the UK. I mean, an absolute collapse of freedom in the UK. And, you know, sex education in the UK has been disfigured now. They now want to teach, um, they're bringing in outside educators to elementary schools to teach kids sex positions, um, how to consume pornography responsible, responsibly. This is horrifying. Oh, and it, by the way, a, um, a, a senior minister has decided that it is not okay for Catholic schools to teach that homosexuality is a sin. Uh, religious schools are allowed to. This is all happening in Great Britain. And I thought it would be a long time, at least a decade. I shouldn't say a long time, but at least a decade. I thought it would be at least a decade before something like this happened here. And boy, was I wrong. In Michigan, a Marine veteran who's become a farmer is being prohibited from selling apples in a farmer's market in East Lansing, Michigan. Because on his Facebook page, he declared he believes that same-sex marriage is an affront to God and he does not support it. And he has a farm where weddings happen on his farm. And he doesn't want same-sex couples to marry on his farm. As a result, East Lansing, Michigan is prohibiting him from selling apples. Now, the kicker here is that East Lansing, Michigan invited him to sell apples there several years ago. Uh, he, he is an apple farmer, a Marine, a veteran. His apple orchard has gotten some level of celebrity in the Lansing, Michigan area. Uh, tourists flock to his apple orchard during harvest season. He sells apples. His whole family's engaged in the process. They're no longer welcome because he has cited wrongly on gay marriage. Folks, you will be made to care. You will be made to care on these issues, whether you want to be made to care about them or not, whether you want to care about them or not, whether you want to care the right way, you'll be punished if you don't care the right way. That's what's happening in this country. And the Supreme Court, we can't expect the Supreme Court to, uh, to, to side with our side. You know that Jack Williams, the baker in Colorado, is headed to the Supreme Court. Uh, I'm not holding my breath for Anthony Kennedy to side with him. I think it's going to be five to four against the Christians. I mean, part of me, I, I, that's just my eschatology. I, I think we're we're headed down the slippery slope to Gomorrah before the second coming. It's going to get worse from here on out. We're not going to get reprieves in court and whatnot. But we have an obligation, I think people of faith do, to speak up. Because I, I am more and more convinced that the left, gay rights activists and whatnot, they depend on your silence. They're not coming for you. They're not trying to convince you to care. They're trying to convince your kid to care. And the way they convince your kid to care is to silence you, shut you up, keep you silent, get you out of the town square so that the only voices your kids hear are the voices that tell them it's okay. That's why I think you have an obligation to speak up. You know, so I put on Instagram 
Uh, a question I get asked all the time these days is, why don't you find something to talk about that all Christians agree on, like um, human trafficking? Why don't you take up that cause instead of talking all the time about uh, gay marriage, transgenderism, whatnot, that, that's so divisive? And my answer is that's exactly why I talk about it, because I don't know a single Christian who supports human trafficking. I don't. I mean, maybe they're there, but I don't know a single Christian who supports human trafficking. I don't think they'd be a Christian if they supported it, even if they called themselves that. But I know plenty of Christians who support same-sex marriage and think transgenderism is fine. And it's not because Scripture says so. It's because they've gone wobbly. They want to be liked in the world. And I, listen, just because you go wobbly doesn't mean scripture does. And I have a platform and, and a pulpit, I guess you could say, where I can speak up when others are increasingly scared to speak up and others can't speak up and others are fearful of speaking up because of their job or community repercussions. For now, at least I can, and I don't foresee myself not speaking up in the future. And so I can speak up and say, no, this is wrong. This isn't scriptural. This isn't biblical. You've gone wobbly and scripture hasn't. But it's going to be harder and harder for people. It is, in truth, going to be harder for people to do that. That is why I really believe you have an obligation to speak up. And that is why I really believe that you need to surround yourself with like-minded believers. Uh, in my book, part of what I talk about is building community with your next-door neighbor who you disagree with, but also building community with those who do agree with you uh, around the dinner table, not online. Listen, Twitter cannot water your plants when you're gone. Facebook is not going to feed your pets when you're gone. You've got to be able to build real community around your kitchen table with people who agree with you because at some point your kids are going to get to a point where they say they think their parents are nuts. But your kids are always going to respect your friends. At least that, that's been my experience. You may not necessarily look up to your mom or dad anymore or your kid might not look up to you anymore, but they're going to look up to your family friend because your family friend's cooler than you. But if your family friend who's cooler than you agrees with you on these issues, your kids probably are going to agree. You've got to expose them to that because particularly the left, it is by design. They want your kids not exposed to it. They want your kids thinking it's just their parents. You've got to speak up and you've got to surround them with other people. You do. Now, moving on, it is a, a, it is a par for the course with the left that they're attacking Donald Trump for not allowing people into Mar-a-Lago as a shelter. Y'all, Mar-a-Lago is under mandatory evacuation. People were supposed to get out of there. I mean, why? Why does he need to? You had Michael Michael Moore on Twitter attacking the president for not allowing people at Mar-a-Lago. It's right on the water. The storm surge is going to affect it. This is a place you would not want people. Have you ever been to Mar-a-Lago? I've driven right by it. It is right on the water. The storm surge comes in. It's going to flood. You don't want people there. People are going to have to be rescued from there. And the left doesn't care. They want the talking point. The left wants to have it both ways. And above all else, they want to ensure that Donald Trump loses no matter what. Y'all know my views on Donald Trump. And I'm willing to say great things about him, and I'm willing to say critical things about him. This is one of those times where there's really no point. They're just trying to make him part of the story. They're trying to make him look bad and, and trying to make people believe it. Like the story about Rush Limbaugh. 
So Think Progress, the left-wing site, went after Rush Limbaugh. They attacked him because he gave a monologue a few days ago where he talked about Irma and how the media was blowing it out of proportion at the time. And they were they were telling people where it was going to go and the odds are, remember, direct hit on Miami at the time and the storm did shift. And all that's all Rush was doing was telling people, go get prepared, but don't freak out. If you need to leave, leave. Well, if you listen to the way the media is covering it, hurricane denier Rush Limbaugh has fled Palm Beach because of the hurricane he denied was coming. That's not what he said at all. And yet that's the way the left is reporting it, and that is the way the media was reporting it. Very smugly, self-assuredly nodding, patting themselves on the back for calling out Rush when they misrepresented everything he said. And yet these people, if you were to fact check it, you you know the fact checkers would side with the left even though they got it wrong. That is what happens. They're out to get him. They don't care about the bias because he's not one of them. He's on the other side. And the entire news media will structure an entire narrative against a conservative like Rush or against a guy like the president because they don't like him, no matter how fair it is. And, and then there are those of us who are willing to call the president out. We get attacked when we don't call him out. When we support him, we get attacked when we do call him out. It is not the easy position to be. And it's far easier to be the total yes man or the total no man. But I couldn't sleep well at night if I did that. Uh, intellectual honesty, I think, compels me to call it like I see it. And you can disagree with me. That is perfectly reasonable for you to disagree with me. But you're wrong. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, listen, everybody can have their own opinion. Uh, but it is really amazing to me. I express my opinion. The, the level of anger out there, if I support him, oh, you've sold out. You're trying to get in good with him. Or, or I'm critical of him. I really do think, though, that there is Trump derangement syndrome. There are people out there who, if the president walked on water tomorrow, would accuse him of not being able to swim. And it goes both ways, though. There are people out there who, if he walked on water tomorrow, people would claim he's Jesus. the, The cults of personality have gotten so strong. It's really sad, which brings me to my last topic for this special episode of the Eric Erickson show and uh, my resurgent podcast, the recon. You know, about three weeks ago, I did a survey. I I, Well, first I put on Twitter, I said, man, I'm starting to think we need a conference like CPAC for conservatives who believe ideas still matter and then said, but we'd probably have to meet in a Waffle House or so few of us. Well, I was inundated with replies from people saying, yes, do this. So I put up a, a survey. More than 2,000 people responded to the survey, and 96% of them said, yes, please do this. It's needed. So we're doing it. We're calling it recon. Uh, for reconnaissance, yes, uh, as we, we seek out uh, the ideas that conservatives should advance into the 21st century. Uh, we don't need to keep playing with Ronald Reagan's playbook in the 21st century. Uh, the principles matter, but the, the ideas and the policies, they change. Uh, the policy ideas, I should say. And so we want to find those. And so we're calling it recon, but also for resurgent conference. Uh, We're not sure yet where it's going to be. Uh, I had thought about Atlanta, but we've gotten a very intriguing offer to go to Austin, Texas. We may do that. Well, we're looking at some time mid-year next year after school is out. So if you want to bring your kids, you can for summer vacation. Uh, but it's we're going to talk to conservative policy leaders about ideas. We're going to talk to candidates. We're going to talk to elected officials. Hopefully be able to get Ben Sass and Mike Lee and, and Ted Cruz and others there. 
Um, but I hope you'll consider coming. Uh, if you go to theresurgent.com, you'll find the post. Uh, and there's just a little link to give your email address, and we'll keep you up to date when we announce a location and an, announce a time and everything else and hopefully give you an early bird rate. Uh, I hope you'll consider coming. It is, as both parties del dis delve dive into cults of personality, I still think ideas matter more than personality. I mean, I realize it takes a charismatic person to get elected, but I'm tired of both sides becoming cults of personality. It's either Trump or Obama. It's, it's not the ideas. I believe the ideas matter, and I want to advance the ideas, and that's why I'm doing recon, and I hope you'll be there. I hope you'll sign up to find out more information. So in any event, uh, I am hoping that we will be doing this more and more in the future, uh, more special episodes, shortened episodes, if nothing else, but chock full of stuff, and I hope you guys have a uh, great, great day. Stay safe if you're in the hurricane area, and I should be broadcasting live Monday 5 to, well, actually 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on WSB in Atlanta. You can get me on WSBRadio.com. They have an app in the app store of your phone, Android, or Apple. And as always, you can go to theresurgent.com.